-hmm. So a, a way of questioning that I love using is just like, okay, if that's the worst case scenario, this is what you're building up your mind, it's going to go wrong. If you flip it, what's the best case scenario? Let's say you try, you get amazing results, everything works out. You then have a night and day comparison between what could go wrong that you're thinking, what could go right, and then ask yourself what's most likely. Because when you then bring it into a middle ground and you see, okay, even if I go for this and it goes wrong, this may happen and it's not that big a deal. It becomes so much easier to actually face it. So it's all about, again, slowing down and processing what's happening and understanding the situation for what it is. Welcome to the Mindset Coach Academy podcast. I'm Lindsay Wilson, and I am a high-performance mindset coach, a mom, a former professional athlete, and an entrepreneur. I help coaches and high performers optimize their mindset to improve their coaching, their performance, and those of their athletes, and their lives. Here, you'll learn all about mindset, how to live it, how to teach it, and how to sell it. Hi, guys. Lindsay here. Welcome back to the Mindset Coach Academy podcast. I just got to sit down with Byron Morrison, and we just had a great chat. Guys, you know I love to nerd out on mindset and high performance and personal growth, and he just wrote this really cool book called Maybe You Should Give Up, and it really is sort of like trying to help people see the ways that they've been self-sabotaging or the obstacles or the blocks that they've had towards their you know, next level best self. And we break it down into seven things. Now, the way that I think this episode is going to be helpful for you is really focusing on like the two or three that we talk about that may be either triggering for you or you just know that's the area that you need to work on. That's how I would use it. I would think of all seven, listen to all seven, and then I would think of the, the two or three that you can maybe even take some action on. We all have those things that are like the big barriers for us. And then for those of you that are mindset and high performance coaches or sports coaches or parents or teachers, the young people that you influence, thinking about these seven ways and and really thinking about the, the top two or three that may be most helpful most of the time for the people that you influence. All right, guys, Byron Morrison. Hi, all and welcome to the Mindset Coach Academy podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Byron Morrison. He is the author of Maybe You Should Give Up. And he's going to be talking to us about seven ways that we can learn how to harness our own power and get to our goals faster and stop self-sabotaging. Welcome, Byron. Hey, thanks for having me here today. Yeah, excited to get to talk to you and get to know you a little bit better. Tell us a little bit about yourself. And then I really want to get into this book and get right into these seven ways. Yeah, sure. So as you said, my name is Byron Morrison. I'm a mindset and performance coach. And for the last decade, I've worked with everything from CEOs to entrepreneurs and business leaders in 15 different countries to really help them up-level their way of thinking and performance so that they can break through to the next level. Um, I've also written three best-selling books. And my new book, Maybe You Should Give Up, is just about to be released as well. Love the title. Tell us a little bit about the book. So 
for me, a lot of the self-help and mindset and personal development world is all spreading this message that you have to keep pushing and to never yeah. quit. And I find so many people, there's the actual reason why they're stuck. They're yeah. holding on to things, whether it's strategies, beliefs, processes, and doing them over and over again, not recognizing that that's what's getting in their way. So with the book, I wanted to throw the rule book out. I wanted to really twist on its head and really look at what are the things that are holding us back from actually living the life that we want. And I discovered that there's seven bigger areas and mental blocks that every single person in one way or another is holding on to that's stopping them from actually reaching their potential. So the book's all about taking readers on a journey to get out their own way so that they can actually take control of their life. So it's all about giving up on all those things that are weighing us down and really stopping us from actually reaching our potential. Love it. Love it. Well, I want to get into the seven ways. So people listening, a lot of them are sports coaches, mindset coaches, mental performance coaches. A lot of them are coaching, working, balancing it all. Maybe a parent, former, you know, working with athletes, like they're all in that like very driven, high performing, high achieving mindset. And we always like to work with our clients and our students as, you know, working on themselves first and also so in the student chair, and then also how they're going to do this with leading and influencing other people, whether that's their athletes or their kids or their students or whatever. Take us through the seven steps with that in mind, if you don't mind. What do, you know, maybe coaching me through this, right? Like I'm a parent, I'm a CEO, I'm always trying to push and I'm always trying to work on my mindset. What are the seven things that I or any of our listeners um, need to be watching out for? So the first one and the probably the biggest one is living your life in a state of reaction because for most of us we're busy whether it's with careers families fires in your business all of these things going on it's so easy to be stuck in a place where life is happening to you mm -hmm. and when you're in that reactive state a lot of the time the choices you make the actions you take all of that's driven by emotion and there's no way you can show up your best or really perform at the level you need to when you're constantly in that high stress state so that's why the first thing we have to give up on is being reactive to the world around you the second one is being controlled by fear because okay, sorry. You know, I, i'm gonna right. i'm gonna throw you off because you have probably have you probably have these seven in your like same in your sleep so i apologize but <laughs> tell me like okay so like what's one thing with that i love that the reacting not they're the being proactive not reacting what's like one actionable thing i mean i love action our listeners love action like what's one little tip so one thing I do with all of my clients and anyone listening to this can do it with their clients and themselves as well is becoming aware of the way that you actually react throughout the day. Because the reality is there's a huge difference between a reaction and a response. A reaction is impulsive. It's fueled by emotion, whereas a response is calculated and controlled. And this is why if you want to get out of a reactive state, you have to break that cycle of just dealing with situations as they come up. And you have to force yourself to stop to slow down, process what's happening, and then choose how you respond to it. So the way I always coach and guide people through this is whenever you find your emotions taking over, let's say you're feeling stressed, you're angry, you're overwhelmed, you're frustrated, annoyed, whatever that negative emotional state is, you have to force yourself to stop. You then need to focus on taking some deep breaths to calm yourself down. The reason being is when your emotions go up, you're 
blood pressure increases, your cortisol levels go up, and there's no way you can think clearly or make the right decisions there. So by forcing yourself to slow down and breathe, you're going to lower those levels so that you can feel grounded. And then it's all about asking yourself, okay, why am I feeling this way? What's going on to trigger this emotion? Why am I reacting this way? What do I then need to do to get this under control? So it's all about shifting your focus from the problem and what's gone wrong to what you need to do about it going forward. Because for a lot of people, because they're so driven by emotion, they can't actually see clearly here. And this is why it's all about forcing you to stop and understand what's happening. Um, I'll give you a real world example of this. Um, I was on the train a few months ago, and there was a group of kids who sat across from me, and they were screaming and shouting and Truth be told, I was on the edge of my seat, just getting beyond annoyed that they wouldn't shut up. And then I realized that I was completely being reactive to what they were doing. They weren't annoying me. I was choosing to get annoyed by what was going on. But it was only when I recognized and brought into my awareness, then I could see, okay, what solutions do I have here? I could look out the window. I could turn up my music. I could focus on my work. I could move seats. All of these things, once I brought into my consciousness, that allowed me to get under control. Whereas for most people, they just get first caught at the first hurdle, whether it's road rage, whether it's a problem with their spouse, whether it's their kids, something going on in life, they're just focusing on the problem and that's why they can't see the solution. So it's all about you breaking that reactive cycle by slowing down, processing what's happening, and then changing your response. Well, I love how you thought it's, and I just know so many of our reader, or listeners are going to resonate with this, like that ability to not only come up with a solution, but come up with creative solutions that aren't available when we're in that reactive sense. You know, it's like, there's only one solution and that is for everybody to shut the hell up. You know, like you, you just don't have that capacity to think of all of the different options available to you when you're in that reactive state. And I love that reaction versus response. I think that's brilliant. All right, number two. So number two is all about fear, because if you every new level of success is going to require you coming over, overcoming obstacles that are standing in your way. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time, those obstacles are the thoughts in your head. It's like, what if you put yourself out there and you fail? What if you're rejected? What if you're not good enough? For so many people, this can keep them paralyzed and stuck and stop them from taking action. So it's all about recognizing, okay, why do you have that story in your head? What's going on here that's causing you to avoid and procrastinate over the actions you know that you need to take? Because I'm sure people listening to us now, whether they're working with athletes or clients, whatever it is, one of the biggest challenges in getting your clients results is actually getting them to follow through. Because for whatever reason it is, people tend to sabotage themselves, whether it's avoiding getting their training in, whether it's avoiding following through with tasks. It's all of those mental blocks that keep people stuck. So it's really coming into, again, developing that awareness of why are you thinking that way? What is it that's actually holding you back and preventing you from following through? I noticed for, you know, we talk about it a lot in our certification, like the ability for, I always say like the brain's good at two things, right? It's really good at keeping us safe or sorry, it's it's good at one thing and not good at another. It's good at keeping us safe. It's not good at dis- distinguishing what's actually dangerous and what and what isn't, like in a real sense, right? How do you help people distinguish or even like become aware of these like deep-seated fears that maybe aren't rational, but are, you know, essentially what you're saying is like they're the ones that are sort of in the driver's seat, right? Like how do you help people become more aware even that those thoughts are there? Yeah. 
The first thing is understanding why it's actually going on. Uh, I talk about this in the introduction of the book, and just to give a brief overview so anyone listening understands, it's like your brain's been wired for quantity of life. And what that means, it's been programmed in a way that it wants to survive. It doesn't want to thrive. It wants to keep everything the same, the same types yes. of relationships, the same amount of weight on your body, the same amount of wealth, happiness, and joy. It wants to keep everything the same because everything in your past has been survived, right. meaning it's fast, safer than anything new. Whereas all of your goals, your dreams, your aspirations, they bring with them inherent risks. So this is why it'll fill your head with all of these doubts and these fears to stop you from taking action. And this is why if you want to think at a higher level, you have to start recognizing when your thoughts are based on some future story that you don't even know or when they're based on reality. And the way that I find is that's easiest to do this is to really bring them into your awareness. You have to stop yourself when you're making thoughts, jump making jumping to assumptions, making conclusions, whatever that is, you have to stop and ask yourself, like, do I know this for certain? Or is this just a story? Or if it's just a story, what else could be going on here? Because a lot of the time, you're just going to blow it up and make it a far bigger issue than it actually is. And it's only when you slow down, you see what's going on, that you can understand what's happening. Because we all do this. We worry a problem's going to happen. We build it up in our mind. And either it doesn't even happen, or when it does, it's actually not that big a deal. Mm -hmm. So a a way of questioning that I love using is just like, okay, if that's the worst case scenario, this is what you're building up your mind that's going to go wrong. If you flip it, what's the best case scenario? Let's say you try, you get amazing results, everything works out. You then have a night and day comparison between what could go wrong that you're thinking, what could go right, and then ask yourself what's most likely. Because when you then bring it into a middle ground and you see, okay, even if I go for this and it goes wrong, this may happen and it's not that big a deal. It becomes so much easier to actually face it. So it's all about, again, slowing down and processing what's happening and understanding the situation for what it is. I really like that exercise because um, that's very tangible. I love that. I, I think one of the things I see with my students so often, of course, with myself, I always say my students, it's really me, but um, the ability to distinguish between fact and thought, right? Like as you're saying, it's like, we think this is true. Like this is actually going to happen. And instead just the very awareness that it is only a thought I think can be yeah. really, really powerful, but that's so hard to do in the moment. Yeah. One thing I'd love to add in there is like, you've just got to recognize every time you're going to a story. Um, I'll give you a, a real world example of this that perfectly okay. illustrates it. Um, there's a CEO I'm working with at the moment and one of, one of our sessions a couple of weeks ago, he came to me really frustrated that a member of his team was dropping the ball. And he was like, this guy stopped caring. He's lost his passion. I bet he's looking for a new job. He's just not performing anymore. And I had to stop him then. I was like, do you know this for certain? Or is this just a story that you've convinced yourself is going on? And he was like, well, I don't know. So I was like, okay, well, what do you need to do? He's like, I need to go clarify. Because a lot of the time, that story, you need to then take another action to see for certain. He took the team member aside to have a conversation. And it turned out that the guy's mother just got diagnosed with a terminal illness. Like she, she had moved in with him. He was trying to balance that at home, look after her, all of these horrible things. But he hadn't wanted to speak up about it. So that was the reason why his performance was suffering. And when that client actually recognized it, then he could start making some changes to help support him and mm-hmm. give him the guidance he needed. But because he'd gone straight to the story, initially he had the worst case scenario, like this guy stopped caring, he's leaving the company, all of these things was actually, it was something completely different. Yeah. 
And this is why it's so important that even if you're pretty sure that's what's going on, you always have to question every story. You need to be like, okay, what do I need to do to figure this out for certain? Because your brain might convince you that that's what's going on, whereas it can be something completely different. So you have to stop yourself and go back to what I said before. Always ask yourself, is this a story or do I know this for certain? And if it's just a story, what do you need to do to clarify yeah, well, then also, like, once you believe that, that's all you see, right? It's like the confirmation bias, it's the reticular activating system, like, you're only allowing in that information that matches up with that story. So whatever good thing that, that you know, employee is doing, you're not even seeing, or you're making an excuse for it, because you really want those things to match up, your story yeah. to match up with reality. That's good stuff. Okay, so we got uh, reaction versus response, talk about the fear and distinguishing that. Tell me number three. So number three is focusing on short-term thinking. And this is something that we're all guilty of, where we prioritize what we want in the moment mm-hmm. and we allow it to come at the expense of what we want most. So it's all about people, getting people to think at a higher level where they make decisions based on where they want to get to, not on where they are. And this is something that, going back to the elite athlete situation, that like you talked about with some of your like listeners or we listen to, you see this all the time in those mm-hmm. situations where they don't want to get out of bed. They don't want to train. They're tired. They're beat up. But the reason they do it is because their goal is bigger than their reasons not to. They're focusing on where they want to get to, the outcome they want to create, and they use that. Whereas most people, the reason why they struggle taking action is they're relying too much on discipline and willpower. Mm-hmm. They're hoping that they feel motivated in the moment. And hope is not a strategy. So it's all about always asking yourself, like, what is the consequence of me taking or not taking action, really playing it out, thinking five steps ahead, and then using that as the basis as to the choices you make. Because in life, the biggest successes are going to require the biggest sacrifices, whether that means sticking to your diet rather than having that cheat meal, whether it means making that investment in yourself rather than saving cash. Like All of these things require in-the-moment pain and discomfort, and this is what most people aren't willing to do. They prioritize pleasure and comfort and in-the-moment desire, which then comes at the expense of the results they could actually create. And again, one like tip or trick or actionable thing that people do to keep that front of mind, right? I mean, obviously you need to set those goals, but a lot of people do that. And and then it's like, how do you keep it on a you know a random Tuesday? How do you stay focused on that long-term versus yeah. short-term? So it's always asking yourself in the moment, like, what is the consequence of me doing this? So I'll give you an example. There's a lady I'm working with at the moment. And one thing we've been tracking is her energy. And she's found that she's been having midday slumps where she just feels absolutely exhausted. And we traced it back, looking, her routines were good. She was doing everything right. But the one area she was neglecting was her and her husband at the end of a long day liked to stay up and watch Netflix. And they'd just been in a cycle recently where they were just like, one more episode. And it was just like cramming more in. That meant she was going to bed later. She wasn't getting as much high quality sleep. And she was exhausted as a result. So for her, it was catching herself in the moment and being like, what is the consequence of me taking this action? Is it worth me cramming in an extra hour knowing that I'm going to be tired tomorrow? And it's using that to then make a decision of, okay, do I want this more in the moment or do I want more of the result and outcome that I'm going to get? So it's always asking yourself, like another one could be like, 
I told a client about this a few days ago. I was like, last week, there was a day where I really didn't want to go to the gym. I was tired. I'd had a really long week. I was like, I just want to chill. But I just asked myself, like, am I going to regret later today not having done this? And it's just future pacing yourself. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to really be like, you know what? I should have gone to the gym. So I used that as motivation to push myself to take action. So it's always then future pacing yourself and being like, what is the consequence of me not doing this? Am I going to have a negative emotion about it? Is it going to put me off results? Is it going to take me further away from my goals? And then just being a lot more intentional with what you're doing. Because then when you do decide to give in in those moments, whatever it is, you can know it's by choice, not just because it was an impulsive action. Mm -hmm. And I I was, you know, looking at your website too. And I know you do a lot of like sort of planning and, and reflection on how that's going for the week. Tell me about how that plays into um, the short-term versus long-term thinking. So a lot of it is also knowing what are your big goals and objectives. So I'm a big advocate of working in 90-day sprints because while it's great to know where you want to be a year from now, the reality is it's too far away. So much could change and be turned upside down. That's why I always push people to think in 90-day sprints where you figure out, okay, this is where I want to get to. These are my goals and objectives because then you can reverse engineer it. You can break it down into seven-day cycles where you can then be like, okay, these are the actions I need to take mm. this week to get me one step closer. Then every week, take some time to recalibrate, stop and think about, okay, what did I move forward? What worked? What didn't? What do I need to tweak or optimize or pivot? And then yeah. build on it step by step and you can even take that more granular and you can take some time every single day and be like okay what do i move forward today what actually worked what do i need to be aware of what's throwing me off my game what do i need to adjust this is really depends how much of a high achiever and high performer you want to be because you can go on the macro of doing it weekly or you can get really into the weeds and take that few minutes daily just to monitor what's happening well i feel like a lot of this is back to your step number one which was that reaction versus response or a re, sorry, reacting, not proactive, or being proactive, not reactive, um, just in, in in your priorities and your tasks. Um, that's good stuff. Okay, number four. So number four is worrying too much about problems that haven't happened yet. Mm. So this is something we've touched on this briefly, but we all have this tendency to spend time fixating on the future. And we just build up in our mind all of these issues that could be going wrong. And then it stops us from doing things today. So this is one of those things. It's all about bringing your focus into the moment and what you need to do to move forward. Because a lot of the times we can put ourselves in a self-fulfilling prophecy where we worry so much about a problem that our thoughts, our actions, and our decisions all come into alignment. Yeah. And then we take those steps and it actually comes real. And then it just reaffirms in your mind what's actually going on. Um, I'll give you another real, real example of this. Um, I had a client that I was working with who was going through a round of a fundraising round and he had a presentation that he went in and he completely bombed it like he had really tough questions he just didn't perform and he has took on a mental story like he can't give presentations so then for the next two presentations he convinced himself before it happened there was going to be the same catastrophe that he wasn't going to be able to do it so he built himself up into this anxious state again he bombed it and this was when he came to me for help he was like i can't do this and i was like one bad situation does not define you but if you keep worrying about things before they happen you put yourself into the cycle where you then build it up in your head and that turns into your reality so it's all about breaking down these problems and seeing like okay what can i do about this and one of my favorite questions is what action do i need to take here because a lot of the time we just focus five steps into the future we worry about things that haven't happened yet 
Whereas mm-hmm. if we pull it back into the present and be like, yes, that could potentially be a pro- problem, but what action can I take today in order to help me avoid it or get it under control, get one step closer towards where I want to be? Yeah, beautiful. Okay, number five. Number five is comparing yourself to others. This is something that I think so many people are guilty of, uh, myself included in the past, where you go on social media and you just build up all these stories about what everyone else is doing and how they're so far ahead of you. With The th- really important thing to remember is social media is a highlight reel. People only put up there what they want you to see. So if you're constantly comparing yourself to other people, it's always going to feel like you're not enough because you're comparing your life to someone else's highlight reel of what's going on and this is why it's i believe it's so important that you understand what's actually happening because so much of that again is based on assumption because that person who's currently in the 6 a.m workout he could be doing it because he's got unhappy marriage and he doesn't doesn't want to be at home or that woman who's on her dream holiday she could have maxed out her credit card but if you're just seeing all this stuff and comparing what's going on in your life to other people you're never going to feel happy and this is why for me like the big guidance like given the book and i would want to give to everyone else here if you want to stop comparing yourself to others you have to get clear on what it is you actually want in life what is your vision what are your goals what do you want to achieve and they get a tunnel vision where you block out everything else because if you always compare yourself to other people you're always going to feel like you're behind well and i think also it's so demotivating when you think that other people have i don't know gotten some success and maybe you think that it was easy or you know or you give yourself an out because you think they have a trust fund or something, you know, it's like, it doesn't ever really serve you to keep you on the path. I see that a lot with people building their businesses, right? It's like, no, this is going to be hard. (laughs) Just because other people make it seem like it's not a big deal. You can just throw a course out there and make a bunch of money. Like that's not actually how it works. (laughs) As you know, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success story, but so many people just build up in their mind if they haven't hit in the first 90 days that they're failing. Yeah. So it's just like, you've really got to be careful of like what you see on social media and how you then compare that to what's going on in your life, but not just with other businesses. It's also people around you. Um, One, I remember back when I was first starting my business, like I got out of the corporate world, I set things up, I was focusing on creating what I wanted. And I really was then looking at a lot of my friends who were still in jobs. They were settling down, they were buying houses, they were having kids. And I really thought like I was failing. I was like, everyone's so far ahead of me. And then I realized actually, I didn't want those things. Like the reason I got out of the corporate world was I didn't want to work for someone else. I didn't want to be tied to a mortgage. I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to create a life for myself. But the problem was I hadn't fully internalized that. Mm. So I was just comparing myself to people who were doing things I didn't even want. And then using that as the benchmark for me feeling like I was behind in life. And that's why it's so important for anyone listening to this to really just accept the fact that there is no timeline for life. There's nothing setting out. You should be here by a certain point. And if you're not, you're failing. Like that couldn't be further from the truth. Every single one of us is on our own journey and you have to take it at your own pace because if you're not, you're always going to feel like something's missing and you're never actually going to have the happiness you want. Yeah. I noticed that a lot with my um, certification students, like just the thought that they're too late or they should be further along than they are or they should have done this earlier or whatever the like you said the story that they have like it becomes it they make it true like if you feel like you're too late and you start acting like it's too late and then you stop taking the action that you need to and the energy 
sort of dries up. And so I love that. I think that's yeah. really important that sort of next level. It's not just a comparing yourselves just to others that have what you want. It's like also like comparing yourselves others or even like the life that you think that you, the place that you should be or have arrived at sort of. The important thing also to recognize is all of those things that you feel like you should have or should be doing, like you're not. Like at the end of the day, if you feel like you should be further along, the reality is this is the situation you're in. And the right. more that you dwell on that and convince yourself what should be happening, the more you're not going to take action. Mm -hmm. And this is why for me, it's so important to guess, get out of your own head and stop focusing on the past. Like all of the things you did or didn't do or did wrong and the mistakes you made, all of that has led you to where you are today. And if you're not happy with the choices you made in the past or you're, where you're at at this stage in your life, no amount of just beating yourself up over it is going to change that. But you can make a decision today that you're going to do something different. But you can't change your past, but you can change your future so if you feel like you know what i should be further along then start holding yourself to a higher standard to take better actions yes. start making decisions today that are going to get you to a point three years from now that you can look back and be like you know what i'm at the point i want to be now it's all about getting that shift of yeah. focusing from focusing on the past to the present and what you can do to move forward yeah beautiful okay number six so that's building on nicely from what we just spoke about like number six is uh giving up on b being so hard on yourself because mm. I find with high achievers while it's great that they are their own harshest critic and it gets them to excel in life uh. it's also often the very thing that holds them back from living the life that they want because if you're the reality is there's always going to be more you could have done there's always going to be that little bit extra you could have put in and if you always beat yourself up for how you didn't get it perfect or you didn't get everything amazingly right you're always going to feel like you're not enough and you'd be amazed how many high achievers I work with, like guys running billion-dollar companies who have such big self-worth issues just because they beat themselves up over everything going wrong. They constantly take it as a reflection of who they are as a person. And that's why if you don't learn to separate your identity and how you see yourself from your success and your results, you're always going to live in a reality where you're just going to feel like you're not good enough. And that's why for me, it's always about having that balance where you can know that you did your best, that you showed up, you took action. And then also balancing with that being like, you know what? I need to cut myself some slack here. I love this. It's so funny on my, um, my notes for today, after doing some research on what you teach and everything, I wrote down what you got you here won't get you there. And I think this really falls under that because I think for a lot of our listeners, they were either high level athletes or high level coaches or you know been in that competitive environment and so much of success at that at any of those levels is how hard you push and how hard you are on yourself that's like the definition sometimes of being competitive like competitive with yourself never nothing's ever good enough and so many people come to us because they reached a level where that doesn't actually work anymore and I think honoring that it did work for a while and being able to let go and get to that next level. I don't know if you're seeing this with your, you know, CEOs, but like the ability to make that switch is so hard for so many people. I mean, it's like the simplest thing. And yet it's it's sometimes really difficult to do. And yet that's the thing that's going to get them to the next level. Yeah. Is that your experience? hundred percent. And the biggest piece of advice I could give to anyone listening to this, who's struggling with, with right, was struggling with this right now is you have to get more intentional with what you're doing, because the thing is, there's always going to be more to be done. And if you're just going into your weeks, being like, I need to move all of this forward and yeah. hoping that you're going to catch up and get the to-do list done, it's never going to happen. 
Yeah. Because when, as soon as you get one thing done, there's going to be something else. And I see this with a lot of the clients who come to me at the beginning of the journey. They overload themselves mm-hmm. and they just feel like they're always behind. And that's why the, going back to the best use of advice, it's just figuring out and future pacing yourself. Like if you go into your week and you think ahead to 5 p.m. Friday afternoon and, be, and really ask yourself, like knowing where I'm trying to get to, what would have to happen by Friday at 5 p.m. for me to feel like this week was a success? What do I need to get done for me to feel at peace that even though I'm not going to be on top of things because that's never going to happen what could i actually do be like you know what i move things forward this week i can be happy with myself and again going on to a micro level you can even do that daily like that's one of the things i ask myself every single morning i'm like what do i want done by the end of today for me today feel like today was a success mm-hmm. and then use that to guide me in what i'm doing because then i can know okay i showed up i did the work i followed through and if on the days i don't get it all done i can then use as an audit of what's gone on here but again it's never about beating yourself up it's being like okay what's happened it's the same as last week i had one of those days where i didn't get to anything on my to-do list and then when i stopped and reflect on what happened i was like i had several client like calls come up and emergencies we needed to deal on i had back-to-back meetings all day some of my high value work had to be put aside and i could be at peace with that if i didn't take the time to slow down i would just be like oh i'm behind i haven't moved things forward so just being very intentional with what you're doing and committing yourself to and then having that internal calibration of being like this is what i'll be happy with and being at peace with that i think this is this is like to me this may be the one that's most um applicable to our listeners because and I pr- probably am projecting, but that's okay. Um, a lot of us in the athletic world have this thing where it's like the, the, the solution is always me trying harder, right? Like whatever the to-do list is, the solution is for me to take more action and to work harder. And I feel like exactly what you're saying is like the idea that the solution is actually to make things simpler and easier and clearer and less is so counterintuitive to so many of us. And yet it's right in front of us. Like it's available to all of us and we're actually going to get more results, but it so doesn't feel like that because we're just in this habit of like more. Part of that problem as well is also living your life day to day, because if you just living in the moment, it always feels like you need to be doing more. Whereas if you look on a macro level over yeah. the course of a week or a month or a year, you realize you have a lot more time than you actually are giving yourself in that moment. And this is why it's all about having that consciousness and listening to your own body and yourself as to when you're potentially pushing too hard. Because this is something I have to call clients out, out on all the time of knowing when their focus is having diminishing returns. Because yes, you probably could push and get more done. But if you're like exhausted and you're drained and something that could take 20 minutes starts taking two hours, is it really worth actually doing? And this is where you really have to hold yourself to the standard. And it's so incredibly difficult of just mm-hmm. catching yourself in the moment being like, do you know what? I need to walk away. I've done what I can today. And I would be better off going and resting and recovering and coming back fresh tomorrow and getting it done than I would pushing through. And this is one of the most challenging things to do when you're a high achiever because it feels so uncomfortable. But when you start breaking these bad patterns and you look at the bigger picture and you focus on longevity and recovery, that's when the entire game changes. Because sometimes in order to propel yourself forward, you have to slow down. And that all comes in looking at the bigger picture and really understanding yourself, how you're feeling, your way your body's functioning, and then using that to guide you. Yeah, love it. Okay, last one, number seven. So number seven is what everything else has been building to. 
and that is putting off your happiness because ultimately what the book is is getting you out of your own head getting you more intentional with what you're doing so that you can finally make the time for the things that truly matter because we're all guilty of this where we say like once i achieve that next goal that next milestone that next threshold that's when i'll take some time off i'll spend more time with my family i'll prioritize myself yet isn't that what you said the time before and the time before that <laughs> and so often we just convince ourselves that the timing's not right we're too busy right now and all of these things and for so many high achievers i find this i actually call it the curse of the high achiever because they always convince themselves that when they get to the next level life will be easier but every new level of success brings new problems and new demands mm-hmm. and that's why for me i'm such a big believer of you have to start actually being intentional with prioritizing the things that matter most because if you don't you're going to resent your success like the amount of people I've spoken to who have millions of dollars in the bank, they've built these huge businesses, but they're miserable. Like to get there, they've sacrificed their family, their health, everything that truly matters, and they're burnt out and they hate life. Yeah. And that's why it's all about slowing down and being like, what do you actually want? How do you find that intentional harmony between your goals and what actually is the life you want to be living? So it's all about getting you to be like, start prioritizing the things that you want to live the life that you desire. Nice. All right. I'm going to review them. Okay. So we got the, maybe you should give up this, your seven ways, right? You got the, um, not reacting instead of being pro- more proactive, being aware of your fears and res- uh, correct me if any of these are wrong, short-term thinking over long-term thinking, uh, focusing on problems that haven't happened, comparing ourselves to other, we have to give up being hard on ourselves and then putting off your own happiness. Spot on. Hold on. Awesome. Okay. Um, tell me where people can find you. When's the book coming out? Tell me all the things. So the book's out June 27th, but it's available anywhere you can order books, whether it's Barnes & Noble, Waterstones, Amazon, or anywhere else. And the best place to find me is at byronmorrison.com. And I'm also active on LinkedIn, it's the main platform, but also on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Just search for author Byron Morrison. I do daily videos and guides and everything from mindset, to personal development, and performing at a higher level. Okay, cool. And then I have five rapid fire questions for you. Do you mind? Go for it. Okay, just real quick, off top of mind, what info are you consuming right now? What, sorry? I what information are you consuming right now? So at the moment, I'm primarily uh, consuming information on how to do a book launch. Like my, <laughs> my bandwidth is just taken up by influencer marketing, uh, doing a lot of that. That's like our big focus at the moment. Nice. And what are you creating? At the moment, we're creating a lot of marketing campaigns. So it's a lot of video content. Um, I'm really doubling down on Instagram and TikTok. Um, and we've got a few other big marketing campaigns. That's uh, a lot of writing and just video f- content as well. Absolutely. Uh, what's one ha- uh, healthy habit you do daily? Switch off my phone and laptop. I can't tell you how bad I used to be where it would be like the last thing I used to check before bed. I would just always consume my mind. So I've really had to set the boundary of this is when I'm finishing. This is when I'm disconnecting and then actually sticking to it. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. What is your next big leap? So when the book comes out, we're using this as a platform to launch my speaking career. So I really see when it's like start speaking on stages around the world, impacting people on a global scale and having a greater influence and helping people around the world take control of their lives. Nice. So that's the next big leap. Nice. And what is bringing you joy or wonder right now? I'm with family. 
Uh, that's one thing in my life that really makes me happy. So I've just got very intentional about setting the right boundaries. It's the same as my dog, every single lunchtime, non-negotiable. Him and I go out for a walk. I leave my phone behind. We get some fresh air. Um, adventure day Saturdays with my girlfriend. We go out, leave the house, do something. Like time with my parents. Like Those are things I'm very intentional about because it brings yeah. happiness into my life. Nice, nice. Well, Byron, I so appreciate your time. We will link your... Um... Instagram and your book to our show notes. So guys, check out his book. It's coming out in June and so appreciate your time today and can't wait to read the book. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Byron. Take care. So there you have it, guys. If you'd like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. So for me, I loved all seven of, of these tools. I thought they were great. I loved his stories. I love the actionable thing. But the one that kind of stuck out for me that I'm going to encourage you to try is the next time you go to that, I, I have a goal and I'm going to think about the worst case scenario if it doesn't work out, going to that best case scenario and then meeting somewhere in the middle. I thought that was really, really a cool way to do it. Um, and of course, something that you can do with your athletes and your clients as well is thinking about that, that, that worst case because that's where our brain goes first then flipping it and going to that best case scenario and then finding that middle ground um, that's probably the most realistic anyway. So I love that tool. Guys, we got um, a new ebook coming out. So we're going to put the show, uh, the links in the show notes as well as um, Byron's information. If you are aspiring mindset coach, go check out our new guide. And again, if you love this podcast, rate, review it and subscribe. We'll see you again soon. Bye for now. Hey, if you love this episode, make sure to check out all of our free and paid resources over at positiveperformancetrain.com. You want to take mindset training to the next level? We got you. But here are three more specific ways. If you want to take mindset training and live it more in your life, definitely subscribe to this podcast. We send out bonus episodes. We have our mental Mondays. We have interviews and training episodes. Definitely subscribe. If you want to teach it, meaning taking it to your athletes or your clients, I highly recommend Psychology of Competition. Again, you can check that out at positiveperformancetraining.com. It is a great course that will teach you and your athletes how to have pre, during, and post-competition routines to up your performance. And if you want to learn how to have a mindset coaching business in order to sell mindset coaching, highly recommend signing up for our waitlist for our next certification cohort, which usually opens about once a year. But in the meantime, go to positiveperformancetraining.com and check out our ultimate mindset coaching toolkit. Well, it will show you exactly how to get started with your first mindset coaching clients. Again, go to positiveperformancetraining.com for all of our free and paid resources. 